welcome to the Madge and Mastro podcast. Hey, oh, welcome to the Madge and Mastro podcast. My name is Madge. And I'm Mastro. Today is January 29th, Mastro, another week, no national day worth reporting. However, 128 years ago, a certain company that we know and I guess some people, a lot of people love, was actually formally founded, the Coca-Cola Company, formally founded January 29th, 1892. So I guess that would make it 129 years today. I was just looking at Wikipedia. That's right. Wikipedia is wrong. Wow. So shocker there. Well, I think they just didn't update it yet. I don't know. Usually we've watched sports our whole life and when someone gets their ankles broken or someone gets owned, Within 30 seconds, someone has gone to the Wikipedia page and put this person is owned by whoever smoked them, like on a basketball court or whatever. So oh, yeah. sports oh, fans yeah. are usually pretty quick. I don't know about carbonated beverage enthusiasts, but we won't get into the Coca-Cola story too much. You guys can go look that up if you're interested. The reason we bring it up is I was curious, Mastro, if you did have to choose a carbonated beverage, like the drink itself, or more interestingly, I think, would be what is your best mixed drink combination so you throw a little alcohol and what are you throwing on top is it coke or are you going some other direction that's a great question i mean if i have to go with any carbonated drink because i'm more of a juice and water guy carbonated i'd have to i mean does the san pellegrino count is that juice is that and count? water what are you a five-year-old yo i have this really good purple acai berry juice antioxidant yeah. it's great you're one of those guys that spends six dollars on the glass bottle of juice. It's not even no, it's a carton. It's a carton. The juice that's in the fruit section of the store, like it's not even in the juice aisle. It's like chilled properly and it's displayed it's all healthy. nicely. I take care of my body. All right. All right. That's good. I'm happy you do. So what's your what's your go-to mixed drink before we move into the, the podcast today? Rum and Coke. A nice spiced rum and just enough Coke, like a nice ratio there, and I'm on the floor by midnight. Nice. Uh, you're not usually on the floor. You're you're pretty good when you you, pre, you can keep your own. Uh, you can hang in there. I would probably be on the floor. The drink is really good. Oof. Or in a sewer, as many people know. <laughs> you love I've, the sewers. I've been acquainted with Editor Z's sewer. I've been acquainted with a few sewers. They're just oh yeah. We're just drawn to each other. We won't get into those stories today. Very quickly off the top, we saw a large increase in our Twitter followers. So I just want to plug Twitter real quick at Pod. Go follow us. We'll be tweeting daily picks, thoughts, Mastro with his uh, quirky pewter tweets. You got to go check that one out. If you haven't seen it yet, that was a, that was a classic. It was clever. It was clever. Yeah, it was pretty good. I got some texts about that. A couple of our friends texted us. <laughs> they said, can I hire Mastro as my social media advisor? And I said, nope, he's taken. He's the social media master of the Imagine Mastro podcast, along with being the face of the franchise. Pod only. We got a lot to get to today. Let's get right into it. It's time for this week's Big Brachole. Yes, sir, Mastro, another edition of the Big Brachole. We head to the ice for another hockey conversation. A hockey trade, something we don't see that often in the NHL anymore. Disgruntled forwards swapping cities. Not going that far, actually. Winnipeg, Columbus. I don't think the distance is that far compared to some of the other cities in the league. Patrick Laine heading to Columbus. 
while Pierre-Luc Dubois heads over to Winnipeg. An interesting trade, something that was brewing, that was didn't seem as imminent as it ended up being, but these two stars finally get their wish. They're out of those cities they were formerly in. So Mastro, our topic today, very simple. I want to know who you think won the trade and why. This was a tough one, Madge. It's actually a pretty good trade for both teams since they kind of both wanted out to a certain extent. I'm going to have to say Columbus wins this one, though. They needed a top-line score like Line A to boost up that point getting uh columbus was scary as it was before they had a scorer and now with him jacking up the goal scoring i think columbus is really dangerous uh, among other things of course but that's the main reason jacking up the scoring, i like that normally i would be on your side in the sense that i think the best player in the deal is patrick lining i don't think it's disputable to be quite frank with you however in the context of team building, I got to go and say Winnipeg comes out on top of this deal for a number of reasons. But the main reason being the depth at center that they now have on their team. We've seen it throughout the league. Teams that win championships have depth up the middle. We saw it in LA. We saw it in Chicago. We saw it in Pittsburgh. We saw it in Tampa. Over and over again, teams that have depth up the middle, scale up the middle, and size up the middle have consistently won, have gone deep in the playoffs. And now a team that already had a lot of center depth adds more with a guy like Pierre-Luc Dubois. Fair assessment. Very fair assessment at center. But that's not to say Columbus doesn't have decent depth at center. Granted, Texi is nowhere near a top-line center for any team, I agree. But with Domi there and the addition of Roslovic as well, who I think is a really good two-way forward, probably for the third line, I still think that the combination of maybe Domi with Laine and Gerstrand is a very dangerous combination that puts Columbus just over the top. You know, they, they kept getting into the playoffs, making it past the first round a big shock usually, but then they lose their traction. With this new form of lines they can create with Line A there, plus a huge bump up to their power play as well, I think they're going to be a lot more dangerous than Winnipeg, to be fair. Yeah, I'm good with all that. My problem is more you're trading two guys that were taken in the same 2016 draft, Line A second, Dubois third, both guys have pretty similar numbers. Line A has a few more points. And in the past two years, they've been pretty comparable in terms of points. 113 for Line A, 110 for Dubois. Dubois kind of broke out in the playoffs last year, about two years ago against Tampa and last year against Toronto. Had a good series. Just a big, strong center up the middle of the ice. My thing too is the commitment to the team. If you're trading a guy that age, you better hope that he's going to stick around for a while. And obviously when these guys got drafted, both teams were expecting these guys to be cornerstones of their franchise for years to come. That wasn't the case. I can see Dubois staying in Winnipeg for a while. I can see Winnipeg making the commitment financially. His family is already settled there. His dad is a coach for the Manitoba Moose. Obviously, that's not guaranteed forever. That said, Line just doesn't seem like the kind of guy, and I know we'll see what happens. He might gel with Yarmo Kekalainen, the GM of Columbus. Is he going to gel with a guy like John Tortorella? I know you're a big Torts fan. My last point on this for now is... Columbus has seen an exodus of star players over the past few years. Panarin didn't want to stay. Duchesne didn't want to stay. Bobrovsky didn't want to stay. It doesn't seem like a place that Line envisioned going to when he asked for a trade request, when he asked for that trade request. I don't see it. I'm not necessarily convinced that it's going to work long-term in Columbus. As for Roslovic, everyone's talking this guy up. Great. I think he has potential too, but show me before. Winnipeg had depth, but there's, there's a reason why he wasn't cracking that lineup. You know, this is not a powerhouse lightning team. If he was good enough, he would have gotten the minutes. Okay, okay, putting a little shade on Roslovic, but you're right. He needs to prove, and he said it himself, that he needs to earn his spot on the lineup. 
Torts knows that the guys he puts on the ice are the guys that earn their spot. Now, as for Laine, I agree his uh, his demeanor, we'll say, is a little awkward. I mean, he had some beef with, uh, we'll call it the uh, the team captaincy there in Winnipeg with Wheeler and Shifley, who, you know, those are some really hardcore guys. They, they eat, sleep, and breathe hockey, whereas Laine would rather, you know, play video games or hang out online, do some other stuff, which is fine. That's, that's his attitude. But they've already discussed a, a contract extension. And I don't know what Dubois is going to feel like in an even smaller city in Winnipeg after the two years when his contract's up. I don't know if the smaller city part had anything to do with Dubois. I firmly believe it had to do with torts. That's why he doesn't want to admit it. He doesn't want to seem like an uncoachable guy. As for Line A, I don't think we need to drag him through the mud here. Like The guy's a good player. He put up 40 goals. The guy can score. It's not a question of talent or work ethic. We saw what he did at the beginning of this. And it's funny, you know, Liney is getting ragged for the work ethic part. And yet at the beginning of this season, when we knew that these two guys were on the trade block, Liney was the one performing and Dubois was the one dogging it. The Dubois thing is giving me vibes of Drew and Sergeyev, to be honest with you. But Dubois was a better player than Drew was. Drew was all potential when he got straight to Montreal. That's Dubois true. has proven it, and I think he slides in nicely in that second line center role. Liney wanted to play with Shifley, didn't get that chance. The team felt analytically it didn't work. The chemistry wasn't there on the ice as much as it might have been off the ice. Either way, it's nice to see a hockey trade go down. I still think that depth at center is going to give Winnipeg a bit of a boost. They've already looked good this year when teams kind of wrote them off. They have the goaltending. They have the they have the horses up front. Paul Sassy can go to the wing if necessary. Adam Lowry has been good in the third line center role. So I like the team built that Winnipeg is building up front. If they can shore up that defense, they're set pretty well with the building block pieces of their franchise for the next few years. And you get rid of the distraction that was lining in Canada. It's a whole different ball game, right? Dubois was on the trade block. No one really cared in Columbus. In Canada, lining was on TSN insider training every night. Every night it was lining this, lining that. Going back to last year, getting rid of that distraction is going to help this team. It'll be a boon for them. And they get a good player back on top of that. Usually it's a bunch of assets, bunch of picks, whatever. Both teams ultimately get good players that can slide in as soon as their quarantines are over. Yeah, I think you're right. And I mean, a lot of places online, a lot of uh, a lot of sports websites say the same thing. We kind of have to just wait and see which player pans out. Obviously, no one's going to know the true winner of this deal until we see where both their careers head. That's assuming Line and Dubois even stay in the teams they landed in now. My concern with Dubois outside, or we'll say off the ice, is just he was looking to go to a bigger market. He ended up in a smaller city. He wanted more attention. Granted, Winnipeg will give you that attention. That fan base will give you the attention. It just, it it throws me for a loop when he had coaching issues. And I look at Paul Maurice and he's not too far away from a torts kind of coaching style. He's obviously not as into it or as aggressive with it, but I don't see him as too far off from that brand. So maybe in two years from now, there's another issue. I don't know. I'm just a little more concerned with Dubois and his attitude towards staff or or, or the people around him. I think ultimately what we're going to see here is Liney's going to put up numbers regardless of where he plays or who he plays with. You know, let's assume he ends up playing with Domi. Liney can drive play on his own. That's not going to be the issue. You can look at it as Corsi, Fenwick, uh, all those analytic numbers. Those are kind of outdated analytic numbers, but you can go in depth. We don't need to give a, a crash course in that right here, but the guy can drive play on his own. The guy can create offense on his own. We've seen that already. But I think Winnipeg will benefit from adding Dubois when it comes out to crunch time. And Liney, besides that one year where Winnipeg went on a little bit of a run, Hasn't really shown it to me in crunch time. Hasn't shown it in adverse situations for the most part. Dubois did it against the team that ultimately ended up winning the Stanley Cup last year and did it against the team last year in Toronto that was supposed to be a cup contender and ran into a hot team in Columbus. We don't need to rehash that with you. You can see you're rolling your eyes already. 
But you can admit that the guy had a good series against two of the best players in the league, Matthews and Tavares. So he went toe-to-toe with those guys, and he's only 22. They're both young. Ultimately, Mastro, as I'll give you the, the final word here. I'm just going to say final thoughts. A very a, a fun trade. Like These are the kinds of trades that we can talk about, and we can talk about the immediacy of it. Like These guys are going to play next week. We're going to oh, see yeah. right away off the bat. They were drafted together. Like we said, they're going to be tied at the hip. If they weren't already, they're going to be tied together even more now for the rest of their careers. Yeah, this is going to be fun to watch. And like you said, I love seeing these trades because first of all, you're right. You see the immediate impact. It's not like we're waiting for prospects to develop and stuff. You see them on the ice right away. But I think it would be even more amazing if somehow the hockey gods just landed these two facing off in the playoffs for some reason. I just want to see this head to head strictly because of the trade. Awesome conversation. We didn't get as uh, we didn't get as intense or like arguments. We argued good points, but we didn't get fiery. We just got started. There's a there's a lot. Left. Oh yeah, there's plenty of time to yell at each other. But uh, good points all around. It's gonna be fun to see. Let's move right along, Mastro. <laughs> That's right, boys and girls. It's time for Paisano Preference, where Madge and I will give you our preference on a specific topic. This week, we're going to head to the hard court, and we've got Kyle Lowry, Toronto Raptors, has officially hit the 10,000-point mark just with the Raptors. So with this milestone that he hit, we figured, why don't we discuss and decide our preference on who is the best Toronto Raptor of all time, as a Raptor, of course. So, Madge, why don't you go ahead, take the floor, and uh, let us know who you think the best Raptor of all time is. Yeah, Mastro, for the purpose of our podcast, the answer is pretty simple. It's Andrea, it's Andrea Bargnani. Oh, yeah, 100%. He's a real paisan. Yeah. Just for his play and for uh, the Primo Pass, the commercials, which we definitely enjoyed primo. back in the day. No, but in all seriousness, we were talking about this before the show, before the recording, and we came up with the five names that I think everyone would come up with. Kyle Lowry, Chris Bosh. Vince Carter, DeMar DeRozan, and honorable mention to Ka- Kawhi Leonard. Yes, sir. Throw him in there. But since he only played one season, you know, obviously leaning Vince Carter at the start just because of the impact he had, not only on the Raptors brand and making, put, kind of putting them on the map with the slam dunk contest and the way he played, the electrifying style of play that he brought to the court every night, but also because of the impact he had on Canadian basketball as a whole, the kind of star power in the NBA from Canada now inspired a generation inspired by Vince Carter's greatness as a Raptor. But ultimately, uh, after thinking back on, you know, the one time that he took them on a bit of a playoff run, it's unfortunate that he missed that shot that he missed against the Sixers in that faithful playoff game. That kind of was the beginning of the end for Vince Carter in Toronto. And the fact that he didn't really play here as long as some of the other guys did, DeMar and Kyle and even Bosch, uh, pretty similar in terms of the amount of games and season they played. So I'm going Kyle, I'm going Kyle Lowry. It may seem like recency bias because of the fact that he just hit that 10,000 point mark. But Lowry is going to be probably the leader in games played as a Raptor, leader in points. That's maybe not a leader in points, but a leader in assists currently in steals, in offensive and defensive win shares in a bunch of important categories. But beyond all that, he's been the face of the franchise since he came from Houston in 2012. He's got a ring on his finger. And it wasn't like, yeah, Kawhi Leonard obviously helped him get over the edge last year, over the top last year or uh, two years ago, excuse me. But Kyle Lowry was an integral part of that playoff run as a, as the leader of the team and of the franchise and all the iconic images that you'll see going forward from that playoff run, from that championship run. You'll see Kawhi Leonard, yes, but you'll also see Kyle Lowry and deservedly so. Kyle Lowry is the greatest Raptor of all time, and he's going to continue to add to his legacy over the next couple of years. Aj, I respect your decision, but I definitely don't agree with it. 
I'm going to have to hit up my boy Damar, actually, for this one as the best Raptor of all time. The reason being is points win games, and he still, despite not being a Raptor recently after the trade, still leads the Raptors in franchise in points by a whopping 3,000, might I add. On top of that, he leads them in field goals, especially two points. He also leads them in free throws. He was the one getting all the points. So had DeMar stayed and that trade never happened and Kawhi never came, I could argue that the Raptors still had a very, very good chance of winning the championship two years ago. Now, nobody will ever know. We can't predict what would have happened. But I still think they would have had a very good chance. And I believe that DeMar would have been a mainstay in Toronto. So he would have stayed much longer and he could have topped that list in a lot more categories. So I just think that we're, we're shorting him a little bit because, yeah, I agree. He The argument here is who is the best Raptor. And yet I still think DeMar takes the cake on this one just because even though he's been gone for a few years now, he still holds the top spot in all these categories. I mean, imagine had he stayed, if they could have won two, three rings, maybe, who knows? I mean, and again, like I said, he probably wouldn't have ditched the team after he would have stayed long-term, make, overall making it a better team in the long run. I don't want to interrupt you there. I got to ask, what in the world have you been smoking? DeMar DeRozan is a great basketball player. If you want to say DeMar is the best Raptor of all time, you might have, you should have added to the list the fact that he got the Raptors, the guy who delivered them the championship that they won. DeMar had plenty of playoff opportunities and every single year without fail, I know they kept running into LeBron James. I get it. But you're saying that if he had stayed, they would have won two to three rings? Where's the yes. logic there? They could barely get yes. out of the second round. They could no. barely get out of the first round. They lost to Washington over the years. They lost to LeBron plenty of times. There's a reason they, they were able to trade him is because they knew he wasn't the guy to get them over the edge. Even if it only meant one year of Kawhi. Did Kawhi beat LeBron? It doesn't matter. He didn't have to play LeBron that year. But he beat Giannis. He beat Joel Embiid. Let's give the Rosen a chance not to beat LeBron. He beat Steph Curry and, you know, Kevin Durant got hurt. That's fine. The team, as it was constructed before Kawhi came, was not going to win anything, let alone get past the second round. DeMar had a significant impact on the generation of basketball players of our generation that followed the Raptors. But for the same reason I didn't pick Vince is the same reason in that sense that I'm not going to pick DeMar. Because great, yeah, you inspired a bunch of people, but were you the best player? I love Saku Koivu. Saku Koivu was my hero as a Canadiens fan growing up. Koivu never got us anywhere in the playoffs. Does that make him the greatest just because he had an influence on me? No, he wasn't. Even though I wish he would have been, even though I wish he wouldn't have gotten hurt so many times and maybe who could, what could have been the same way, I guess you're saying what could have been with DeMar, but with DeMar, we saw it over the course of his career with the Raptors that he couldn't get them over the top and he didn't elevate anyone else around him. Kawhi elevated everyone else around him. If Kawhi plays a few more years in Toronto, this is not a, this is not a conversation, Mastro. Kawhi would be the greatest Raptor of all time. But Kyle in that playoff run, and even last year without Kawhi, they almost went on a run. They ran at the Boston. They couldn't get over the hump. Who was the main, who was the mainstay? It was Fred. Who was the main piece? It was Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry. And they almost did it last year again. The team was deeper. He had a bit more, but he didn't have that, st- we didn't, they didn't have that star talent, that main key piece to, to lean on. Like and DeMar. they still were successful and they yeah, still had exactly, a great. Exactly like if DeMar was there. No, DeMar is not the same player. DeMar could put up points, but he wasn't leading this team to championship, let alone two or three championships. I don't know where you're getting that from. No, the easy could have had more championships. He would have stayed. And plus, DeMar, you're saying he doesn't make players better. He makes Lowry better. Those guys were best friends. They were a one-two punch. He makes Lowry 10 times better. Kawhi ditched, man. I'm sorry. He ditched. He made them great for one year and he ditched. I'm not disagreeing with you on Kawhi ditching, but the conversation isn't about Kawhi. We're just mentioning the fact that it took a guy like Kawhi to get them over the hump. And I'm arguing that maybe if Kawhi ran into LeBron, they don't have a ring. Maybe, maybe not. We'll never know. Uh, 
LeBron, granted, it was lucky that they didn't have to play in that year, but it was still Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and Clay and that and Draymond. Like it was still a good team. It's not like they ran into a it's not like they ran into a Cinderella team that playoff run. Kyle has the, at the end of the day, Kyle has the ring on his finger. Kyle has lead, is a leading franchise, the franchise leader in assists, steals. He'll eventually get there in games. If he stays long enough, maybe points, I doubt it. He won't even beat DeMar in points, and he's still there. I don't care about points, Mastro. Yeah, you you're, should. You're points win games. Stats. Points win games. Look, if we look at other sports, it's always about the ring. Kyle's got the ring. DeMar doesn't. Simple as that. Neither does Vince. Uh, Vince rings ditched don't decide ditched. the best players. Some of the best players in the league never had a ring. Fine, I agree with you on that. Charles Barkley, guys like that, they ran no into ring. MJ. But MJ Kawhi, was a different Kawhi beast. came, he got lucky, he didn't have to face LeBron, and they won. I don't know about lucky, I don't know about lucky. He still played two guys that are MVP caliber. Oh, that shot against the 76ers was pretty damn lucky, if you ask me. Well, sometimes time it takes, you gotta be lucky to be good, right? It's not just always gonna be the fact that you're good. If it was just the best team that won every year, then we wouldn't have to predict things, you know? It would just be the best team on paper that would win every year. Ah, just that you compare those two guys next to each other and be it stats, be it skill. I still think the mark takes the it only through. thing that the mark is ahead of Lowry in is points games played, which Kyle will pass him. That doesn't matter. Dan. Games played doesn't field matter. goals, field goal attempts. That's pretty much it. Everything else. Free throws. Okay, great. You can shoot a free throw. You're an NBA player. You better be able to shoot a free throw. You're getting to the line 20 times a game. Some of them can't. So if you're, you're telling me if the if the team restarted if the if the if the Raptors franchise was respawned yeah. today, yeah, you're taking Demar Derozan over Kyle Lowry to start the franchise. Yes, we could argue about this topic all day and night, but we don't have all day and night because time to do a little flexing and flopping. Chatelli flex and flop. All right, Madge, right along to the Fratelli Flex and Flop. So this week you have been honored with the Flex. So why don't you please present our listeners with the Flex of the Week? Yeah, that's right, Mastro. Excited to do the Flex this week. I'll uh, get right to it. I think we'll probably talk about this later near the end. But yesterday was Bell at Stock Day. So I'm, I'm assuming, you know, most of the Canadian listeners know about that. But for those who are unaware, Bell at Stock Day is a day organized by Bell Media. Uh, it's been uh, almost a decade now, I think, that they've been doing this to raise awareness about mental health and try and break the stigma. That was the initial goal to kind of break down the walls and the, the stigma surrounding mental health. So all kinds of social media interactions will garner five cents towards mental health initiatives. Anyways, I want to go down that vein today since it's uh, a relevant topic. And I saw an interesting story on TSN by Rick Westhead. He did a little piece, a little TSN original, and I will post it on our Twitter account uh, later today after this is up. Uh, very quickly, Masha, you know I have a little puppy, so I got a soft spot for dogs. So I saw this piece by Rick Westhead about a dog named Tux. His name is Tux now, but he used to be known as Open Arms. He was a race dog, and he raced 178 races, won 20 races, finished second in 20 more. It's a pretty good percentage, if you ask me. Anyways, he lives in Mississauga, Ontario now with the uh, Ambrosic family. And after his racing career, he's in retirement, he's chilling, he's living his best life. He's an Italian Greyhound. They call him Tux because he's got that white and black look. Looks a, bit, a little, bit, little bit like James Bond, the dog, you know what I mean? Another Paisan, right? Another Paisan, yeah, another Italian. That's, that's probably part of why I picked him also. If it wasn't, a, if it was like a another nationality dog, I don't know if he'd make the cut. But oh, in all seriousness, uh, Tux has not been uh, spending his retirement lightly. 
He's a canine blood donor, has already saved 16 lives with the blood he's donated. And he's also a therapy dog. He's worked at long-term facilities, long-term homes with senior citizens, cheering them up, making them feel better, companionship, all that good stuff. And he's also worked as a volunteer at the Story Garden Literacy Program in Ontario, in Mississauga. Basically a place where kids that are having trouble with reading and other, I guess, academic issues and the like will go to this literacy program and you know it can be it can be tough for kids sometimes to if they're having trouble reading to do it in front of other people so they got tucks there this dog he just chills with them he makes them feel comfortable and from the looks of it has helped a lot of these kids get through some barriers that they might not have broken through without his presence without his calming presence so it's just cool like dogs are just awesome i just want to shout out this dog he's not just a cool dog people love him apparently he's got his own tsn original he's famous now well deserved and he could he's a speedster He's like a cheetah out there. So he he went on and off the racetrack. He's my flex of the week. Shout out Tux from Mississauga, Ontario. Wow, that's nice. How, how old is this dog? I think he's nine years old now. Nine years old now. After three years. This dog yeah. has done more in, in nine years than I've done in my entire life. That's amazing. I mean, look, when when I when I approach kids, they just get creeped out. This guy's helping. Well, actually, dog, dog years are longer, right? So technically he's been around for what, like 60 years. So that's a long time. You have, you still got time to catch up. Yeah. But, but I mean, chronologically, he's, he's done a lot more in the same oh, time. Yeah. Chronologically. Spot. Yes. His LinkedIn, profile, his LinkedIn profile is definitely better than yours. I must say though, that's a good flex Madge, the, uh, the puppy guy with his own little puppy. I'm going to, I'm going to actually uh, shout out uh, Serena Madge's little doggy. Check her out on Instagram. Serena Vanderwolfson. I said that right, didn't I? Surprise, surprise we haven't heard her yet on any of these podcasts. Editor Z is doing a good job of cutting out the barking in the background. That's true. That's true. Anyways, check her out on Instagram. She's really cute. But unfortunately, as usual, with every flex, there is a flop. And I have the wonderful honor of doing the flop this week. And I really wanted it this week because when it comes to the flop, sometimes it's jokes, sometimes idiots you know, cross lines that they're not supposed to. This week, I, I want to send a message with this flop. So the person I have chosen for the flop is the Seattle Seahawks offensive lineman, Chad Wheeler. You have most likely seen the story in the headlines somewhere, but he has been charged with first degree domestic violence. And in no way is this acceptable, both by the league or society standards anymore. This is ridiculous. I can't believe it's still happening. Uh, The charges were domestic violence against his girlfriend, in which the, the details include he asked her to bow down to him. And when she refused, he threw onto the bed, tried to strangle her, tried to smother her. And after she was unconscious... She managed to come back, like she came to, hit in the bathroom, called 911. Seahawks released him immediately, obviously, because that's, I mean, I, I, I would expect no other reaction. But on top of this, I mean, can we get a little bit of awareness on how this is still happening right now? Like uh, just the fact that, they, I mean, this guy's what, 6'7", 318 pounds? I looked it up. What? Who are you to put hands on, on anyone, let alone... Uh, let alone a woman. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know where it's programmed that anybody would think that's ever acceptable, but I just want to, like, this is more on a serious note. Like usually the flop is, is kind of like a, a stupid jokes type thing. This is serious. Like this has to stop. This is ridiculous. The league sending a good message, but the Seahawks, sorry, sending a good message by obviously getting rid of him immediately. But now it's time for, I think, more people to step up in this, in this front and, you know, legal matters need to need to be taken care of. The league needs to obviously do something about this. Nobody's, you know, I I haven't seen any statements yet. They're probably going to come out shortly. Uh, If not, they already have by the time we've done recording. But this is just, uh, it blows my mind that this is still going on. Uh, I'd be totally ashamed 
if I was Chad Wheeler. So you know what, Chad, you are the biggest flop I've ever had. You're a giant flop. You're the flop of the week. I I, I can't stand you anymore. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm upset. I'm upset. I'm visibly upset. Yeah, Masho, I agree. This is definitely something that needs more awareness. I'm glad you brought it up. Something that we wish every time we hear it happen, we wish it's the last time. And unfortunately, we always know that it's not going to be. Uh, some good points made uh, even on some big talk shows this week. I was listening to Around the Horn. You're a big Mina Kimes fan. I'm a big Mina Kimes fan. Oh, yeah. Masha's a big Mina Kimes fan. So am I. She's great. She's funny and she's she knows her stuff. Uh, Mina was saying she won around the horn. They get a little FaceTime at the end. She brought this up and she was just saying that, you know, the, the sad part about all of this, I don't want to rehash anything you said because you said it quite well and you got uh, you drove the point home. But one thing that's sad to think about is that if Chad Wheeler was a star player in the NFL, we'd likely be talking about a team trying to take advantage of the fact that he was a free agent. The same thing we saw with Kareem Hunt. The same thing we saw with Tyreek Hill. The list goes on and on. Adrian Peterson with his kid. Like, it's crazy that if you have talent, you can get away with this stuff. This guy was a backup. So the Seahawks were just able to cut him and say, we stand against all of this. But was it, if it was a superstar, and I won't start naming names to associate anyone with that kind of garbage behavior. But just to say that it's still a problem. It's still a cultural problem in the NFL, like other cultural problems they, that the NFL has, that regardless of what you do off the field in terms of violence, abuse, domestic abuse, anything along those lines, if you're good enough, you'll get a pass. So I think that's more the core of the issue, but it's good to see that the Seahawks took swift action. And it's good that you're talking about it because people need to hear uh, some of the stuff that's going on that these athletes need to be held accountable for their actions, no matter their fame, no matter their status, no matter their talent. So great flop, Mastro. Hopefully this is the last flop that we have to do that's uh, this negative, but it's definitely something that needed to be mentioned. I'm glad you did. Well, let's yeah. move right along to the next segment. Kuji Quickfire. Yes, sir. Time for another edition of Kuji Quickfire. We're approaching the finish line, Mastro. You ready to go warp speed? Let's go. Pew. All right, Mastro. Start the clock. No player is elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame for the first time since 2013. What are your thoughts on that? I believe that all actions have consequences and they shouldn't be inducted. Uh, there need to be a standard there and one mistake can ruin your career. And so it has. Yeah, Kurt Schilling is just a garbage person. So that's like a whole different conversation. But Barry garbage. Bonds, Roger Clemens, guys like that, eventually A-Rod when he gets there. It's a matter of the cheating. Do they deserve to be there? The, statist the statistics are there. And I think the baseball writers just need to decide like, Either take these guys off the ballot altogether for cheating or have a section of the Hall of Fame dedicated to this era of baseball. Oh, yeah. The PED section that everybody wants to go check out that at the Hall of Fame. I don't know about that. When you walk in, you get a, a juice box for all the guys that were juiced. Oh, you get a juice box and a syringe. Madge, the NFL quarterback carousel is spinning uncontrollably this offseason. Which QB storyline do you find the most intriguing? Yeah, already big names. Deshaun Watson asked for a trade. Matt Stafford seems on his way out of Detroit. The one that intrigues me the most, Dak Prescott in Dallas. I'm not 100% convinced he stays in Big D. Jerry Jones messed that whole situation up and the injury to Dak did not help. Dak also got to see what the rest of the team looked like without him. I don't think he stays. I don't think he should stay. He probably will stay, but I don't think he should stay. Ooh, Dak leaving Dallas. I don't know about that one. I still think he has a home there despite all the issues surrounding his health and Jerry Jones, even though I think Jerry Jones is a bit of a prick. Uh, on my end, I think I'm going to take a look at Cam Newton. I think he still has a spot as a starter somewhere in the NFL. Not sure where, because this season was really underwhelming. 
but I still think he can find a spot and he's the one I'm looking at. I, I just want to see where he calls home, if anywhere, but I think he belongs in the NFL somewhere. Hopefully it's with the Jets and hopefully it's starting because he was terrible this year and that team deserves him. I don't know, Mastro. I don't think Cam has starting potential anymore. He showed it this year. He's not the same player he once was. There's a lot of QB stories this summer. I don't think Cam Newton is at the top of anyone's minds. Actually, manage the Jets will have Deshaun Watson as a quarterback, so I don't think I have to worry about that. I think Cam will end up somewhere else. Mastro, Chelsea football legend Frank Lampard sacked by the club last week. What do you make of the situation at Stamford Bridge? Oh, that's rough, but I'm going to say it's just good business. I mean, that's how this works. Uh, you don't win, you're out. I get it. He is literally their franchise leading scorer to date, but like he's been there 18 months. He has a win rate just slightly over 50%. That is not a Chelsea standard. You're out and Thomas Tuchel's in. Do you think there should be more patience for guys like that? I know in Europe, there's not that much patience for head coaches, but this is a guy who's synonymous with the club. Do you think he could have turned it around if he had a bit more time? Honestly, no. Like, either you have it or you don't. And and everybody know, actually was surprised it took this long because in 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 football and soccer, it, it just, it, it, it happens so quickly. A couple losses in a row and you're out. So in, if anything, they gave him a little bit more time than they would have someone else anyway. Get the dub or get out, bud. And that wraps up another Kuji quick fire. We made it under the buzzer as usual, always on time match. How did you feel about uh, this episode? It was good. I thought we were pretty tame, to be honest with you. I thought I'd be yelling at you more today. We had a hockey trade. We had the Raptors. We got into it on the Raptors a bit, but we kind of just kept talking about Kawhi Leonard because he was great. Kawhi. Yeah. We, uh, we were pretty tame today. I guess, I don't know, we're... The Habs and Leafs didn't play this week. The Dolphins and Jets won't be relevant for another few months. So there's nothing to fuel our fire uh, the way it usually does during those parts of the season. But it was a good That's episode. True. I think we tossed some people some new things with some good topics. Yeah, I mean, it was episode number 10. We decided to kind of get a little special with it. We sent editor Zia pizza for his hard work. Yeah. I yeah. think he enjoyed it. I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if he's going to enjoy it tomorrow because he likes to put jalapenos on his pizza, which I, I don't know, man. That's... That's that's you're, you're literally playing with fire there. There is no chance that pizza survives past midnight tonight. Oh, uh, you, okay. You think it doesn't make it to the morning? Like I'm surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if it's already gone. That's oh. an eight slice pizza too, by the way. It's yeah, not a small it's, it's, one. It was a large. It was a large. It's a large. That's true. Shout Mind out Calzone for the pizza. Shout out Calzone. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, you know, editors he loves it going in as much as he does going out, though, right? He might text us more about it going out than it is going in. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least he appreciated the pizza. But uh, no, I was, I was, I mean, like, skipped on the poutine though. That was surprising. He's trying to be healthy. I mean, look, we're all not getting as much exercise as we should. So I think it's a smart idea. Yeah. But I mean, episode of a milestone, right? Yeah. Episode 10 in the books. It feels like yesterday we were just young pups starting out. Oh boy. Here we are. Old dogs. 10 episodes, 10 weeks later, 10 episodes later. Yeah. We're young pups. We did, we were foraying into the wild for the first time. Oh my. Bought our new microphones and know how to set them up. Had to get rid of the stands. True. Set up all the audio, cut down from like two hours of audio to something more manageable. So We've come on. a long way. We've come a long way. Yeah. You've got like a, some sort of light show going on in the background. I don't know if you're you're like trying to do a DJ set at the same time while you're... It's it's the reflection of Sports Center on my TV screen. Uh, it's the reflection of the, a good hockey team, the Habs on your TV. You're not used to seeing that, I guess, on your TV, right? I mean, I I mean, I mean, don't know. You beat Calgary, what, once, I think? Well, I'm, as far as I can tell, up until this moment, uh, no losses in regulation for the Canadians. Oh, wow. And who was the first team to get six wins? Oh. Well, Toronto's played two more games, haven't they? Oh, I mean, I don't know. We'll have to stat check, I think. 
I honestly don't care. Toronto's Man, garbage. It doesn't matter yeah. what the standings okay. say right now. So we'll talk garbage. again at the end so of the year. It doesn't matter what the standings say. Oh, yeah. Spokane yeah. has a true loser. All right. Oh, Mastro. Don't Mind talk to me about losing. Hold on. Don't talk to me about losing when your team hasn't gone out of the first round in the past 20 years. Uh, well, okay. Wow. Okay. You're gonna, you're gonna, well, you're gonna, if you're going to go there, if you're going to go there. Honestly, how are you talking about now? Both teams are like 1-2 right now. Yeah, it's true. For for a change, both our teams have been pretty solid. If more than solid, to be honest, and it's it's good to see. It'll make for some fun arguments down the road. You just wait till the end of the season. You just wait oh, yeah. till the it gets like season, right down to the neck of things. Oh, the possibility of a playoff series too is going to be pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, so Mastro, a bit of a different weekend this weekend coming up. There's technically football. I say that in jest. Uh, there's the Pro Bowl, but it's kind of like an EA Sports Pro Bowl nonsense that we're not going to pay attention to. Bunch yeah. of guys that usually, or as usual, got snubbed that we don't Snubs. need to get into. It's kind of just become a, a running joke. Like the NBA All Star is starting out. That's exciting. The NHL isn't that great either, but the Pro Bowl, useless. Just, useless. Uh, yeah, pretty useless. Actually, it's probably useless. better than not playing the game this year. So I want to know outside the realm of sports, I know there's not much we can do in lockdown here in Quebec with curfew and all that, but I wanted to know if you had yeah. anything exciting planned. I see, uh, you know, getting ready for maybe some more uh, hockey this weekend, but. Besides that, what else do you have planned? Uh, it's pretty simple for me. Uh, you know, no football is going to be strange on Sunday. But I mean, I'll see if I can get out there, maybe do some skiing. Actually, that's still open. Uh, oh, hit up okay. the ODR. Hit up the ODR. It's across the street from where I live in the park. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to try and be the one to get out and do some stuff since there's no sports really on TV. I'll, I'll be watching hockey at night when we have to stay inside. Anyway. Show the neighborhood kids your skills on the ice. I'm going to school them. I'm going to show them what to do. And, uh, you know, maybe uh, they become NHL stars. Whatever. We never know. Yeah. Coach Mastro, always coaching, always teaching. I like that. No big plans for me either. I guess we'll kind of just see where the weekend takes us. Maybe a little gaming here and there. It's actually what I want to ask you about. Uh, gaming, okay. Me, you, and Editor Z were talking about esports earlier today. Had a lively discussion about it. Yeah. And I was just wondering if the reason you were getting so aggravated about esports is because you know that even if you achieve the great heights of an esport athlete, you would get spanked the way you usually do when you play any particular game on any given night on your PlayStation 4. That's, I'm just wondering if that was the reason why Oof. you were kind of ripping on eSports athletes. I was, I, well, okay, hold on, hold on. First of all, I was not ripping on the athletes. I realize the skill that's involved and crucify me if you want. I just don't think it's a sport. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't qualify it as the fact that you have to call it eSport means that it's, it's not really a sport. In the sense, why, I don't, why don't why don't just call it a sport? Why do you need to put e-sport? Because it's an electronic sport. Better is has some good points and we won't speak for him and we won't get into that whole discussion. Oh, but I, I think for a while I just think part of it was the fact that, you know, I like to yell at officials and other teams when we play beer league or whatever sport we're playing. Yep. And don't you do that every time you play Call of Duty? I love to yell or, at the TVs. Uh, you can you can actually quote me yelling hacker while playing Call of Duty at least 47 times. Yeah, in one so sitting. it's the same thing. It's the competitive juices that flow from the fact that you're always losing. That's why you're mad at esports athletes. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm mad at the I'm mad at hackers. Well, I'll be mad at hackers. Everybody hates and, hackers. And, I'll call you a and, hacker even if you're not, to be fair. I'm going to and, and your guys' defensive awareness in show. Oh, that's garbage. So don't get me started on Chell. Those stats <laughs> are absolute garbage. So that's all I have to say about your prowess with the. I can't speak because I'm not that good at these games either, but I like to get under your skin about it a little bit. I, I mean, I, I just, uh, Chell, all the sports games on, like, you know, the Madden, the Chell, whatever, even, I've, I've never even tried, I've tried once, sorry, like a 2K game for NBA. It just doesn't equate to what you can actually do 
physically. Like, you know, you're playing shell, you know, you're skating down the ice, you want to do something, you move your control around. So he does it. He never does it right. And you're just like, like a real athlete like us. Well, me, uh, <laughs> sorry, I had to, I'm sorry, okay. man. I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm so Jeez. sorry. It's it's so, no, but a real athlete, good. a real athlete, when he's, you know, he's carrying the puck, he knows exactly what he wants to do. So if the controller doesn't let him do it, he's going to get frustrated. It's, it's just natural human instinct when you know you're capable of something, but you can't transpose that information onto uh, an electronic character. Whereas somebody who can't play the game for a squat doesn't care because he's just going to go for that glitch goal or whatever just to win the game. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I see you're getting aggravated about this, so I won't continue, but I want to take that shot. Uh, we're probably going to play some, some online, whether it's NHL or some other game at some point. We do it for I already know I'm going to have to lower the volume from you yelling from oh, puck yeah. drop to the end of the game. I don't know, man. I don't think no matter how far you turn down the volume with those giant ears you have on your head, you're going to hear me anyway. I mean, I'm just wondering if you get close enough to the TV, do you catch ESPN or how does that work? <laughs> yeah, I get serious satellite radio in the car. <laughs> I've been called Dumbo on more occasions than I'd like to admit. I had to buy the, you can see I got the earphone in with the hook because oh, wow. my ears are so maligned and messed up. I don't even like, you'd think I was a wrestler or something with these ears. They look so messed up, but I mean, at least you don't have the no, cauliflower ears. That's, that's nasty. That's a good one. I hit you with the hair shot and I hit you yeah. with the Caillou. So you got to hit me that's with it. the hair, with the, with the ears. Yep. You know, actually I knocked over my microphone when I turned my head a little bit and knocked over with my ear. So wow. just the, not even, not even the ear, not even direct contact. It was just the, it was just the wind forced the gust of wind yep. that was created by my earlobe flapping to the right wow. that knocked my entire microphone set off the desk. Well, only here on the Imagine Mastro podcast, you have gale force winds coming from turning <laughs> heads. I like that one, Mastro. Unbelievable. We mentioned it very. We mentioned it very quickly. I just want to mention it again. Yesterday was Bella's talk. Yeah, very important. We've both kind of dealt with stuff like this, so a lot of people have dealt with stuff like this whether they talk about it or not, but I do implore people listening. If you do need help or if you need someone to talk to, just reach out to someone that's uh, close to you, that kid that, uh, you know, that you can just kind of lean on. There's no shame in looking for strength in someone else every once in a while. So happy to see another uh, successful year for Bella's talk and happy that uh, in a small part that we were able to, you know, tweet about it yesterday and talk about it today on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. I think it's real important actually the, this specifically, and I, I want to make it, pretty apparent that, you know, just because Bellet's talk day is one day of the year doesn't mean that it applies only to that day. It applies all year round. And I think as well, you know what, even if you're, for some reason you're listening to this podcast right now and you feel like you need to talk to someone, hit us up on Twitter at more, like we'll answer. Oh, yeah. We'll be there for anyone just like anyone else. So just don't be afraid to talk about it because when you take that step, you talk about something, that's how you begin moving towards a solution. So there's no shame in it at all. Like you said, we both dealt with something that revolves around this issue. And the best thing you can do is just be vocal about it. As hard as it may sound, be vocal about it. And like I said, drop us a line on Twitter. If, if that's what it takes, we'll, we'll be happy to help. At Pod. Like I said, Mashro with some fire tweets as usual this week. Thank you, Mastro. Thank you, Editor Z. You can hear him munching on the pizza in the background. Oh, yeah. We'll talk to you guys. Episode 11, the Saku Koivu episode of the podcast next week. Until then, ciao for now. Yeah.